Welcome to the Grow My Salon Business podcast, where we focus on the business side of hairdressing. I'm your host, Anthony Whitaker, and I'll be talking to thought leaders in the hairdressing industry, discussing insightful, provocative, and inspiring ideas that matter. So get ready to learn, get ready to be challenged, get ready to be inspired, and most importantly, get ready to grow your salon business. Hey, it's Anthony Whitaker here, and welcome to today's episode of the Grow My Salon Business podcast. As always, it's great to have you here with us today. Now, many of our listeners will know that my hairdressing background started with a 10-year stint at Bidel Sassoon Salons and Schools in London before going off to do my own thing. However, like all hairdressers, whether you worked at Sassoon or not, most of us are interested in how the brand has continued to evolve on its 65-year journey thus far, which is a major feat in itself. Now, I always say that part of what Vidal Sassoon, the man, did was change the way that we looked at and how we worked with hair. But to my mind, every bit as important as that is that he showed that change and continuing to evolve is essential if you want to survive, not just in hairdressing, but in any business. And over the last few years, the Sassoon brand has continued to evolve. And very recently, they announced that there were some big and exciting changes that would happen in both London and Los Angeles uh, simultaneously. So my guest on today's podcast is my good friend and former colleague, Mark Hayes, who is the International Creative Director at Sassoon. And he's going to tell us all about it. So uh, without further ado, welcome, Mr. Mark Hayes. Thank you very much, Anthony. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. So, how are we all? Well, we, I, you know, I got through the introduction. I know we had a little well bit of a, a bit of a laugh beforehand and stuff, and I had to sort of redo it a couple of times here. But we're we're, right. we're off to the races. So it's great to have this opportunity to catch up with you on a on a personal yeah, level nice. and on a professional nice. level. So um, tell us all about it, Mark. Uh, I don't have a lot of notes here to bounce off. All I know is that Sassoon made a you know a big announcement on social media. And I've, I've been able to sort of research a little bit about what's happening. But, uh, you know, it sounds really impressive because, you know, like a lot of things, when you're a big player and Sassoon is a big player in the world of hairdressing, when anything goes wrong, everyone hears about it and everyone's got an opinion. And, you know, uh, so it's no secret that, that like a lot of businesses, you've had challenging times over the last, you know, three, yeah, four years absolutely. with COVID. Uh, but so this this announcement is really exciting and um, yeah. I'm excited to hear about it. I'm sure everyone else is. So. Uh, so over to you. Yeah, no, it's I mean, it's amazing because really when you, um, you know, as you say, so soon first sale on 1954 Bond Street. So that's what's that? Getting on, it's getting on for 70 years. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is getting on for 70 years. Even 80. Yeah. Is it? Eight? Well, well, you don't, anyway. Yeah. So you, were good, you were good at maths, were you? <laughs> Exactly. Me and Richie soon act like that with the old Matthew. Um, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the, the thing with it is, is that, you know, we've been looking at this for a while now, you know, and and I think we have got a number of plans with the with the new space. So it's so we've called it House of Sassoon. What does that mean? It means that we're combining in London and in Los Angeles, we're combining a salon space with an academy space, with a studio photographic space, 
in one location or in two locations, one in London, one in LA. And they, they're going to be the house of Sassoon. So they will, in, in a sense, be the nucleus of everything that goes on Sassoon-wise in terms of education, in terms of clients, in terms of producing the, the imagery and everything else is all going to be housed in one location, which obviously, as you know, Anthony, you've, you know, you've experienced the Sassoon vibe, if you like, the energy of it. When you get all those creative people together, and and I'm not just talking about the creative team, I'm talking about the whole Sassoon family, if you like. It's such a powerful, exciting thing that, that I think in a sense, this is not just a new location for Sassoon. It's like a relaunch of the brand. Because as you say, the industry has been a challenge, certainly over the last, you know, last four, three to four years with various things. Um, you know, COVID and all the stuff that we know has happened to the world globally. And um, and Sassoon has been affected by that, you know, Sassoon. But I, but I think during that time, we were actively making plans of how we were going to come out of this because we knew we would. You know. So how are we going to come out of this? And the House of Sassoon concept was kind of born out of looking at what we've done up until now with education, with salons, with all the stuff that, that we know Sassoon stands for, and thinking about how do we respond to the way the industry is developing in the 21st century. You know, obviously, we've seen huge changes, certainly in the last 10 years of how, how people interact with the industry and, and what have you. So it's partly a response to that and, and trying to find ways to, as I say, relaunch, reinvent, reinvigorate the brand so that the next 65 years is going to be as exciting as and chaotic as the last 65. <laughs> <laughs> Which is part of the brand's charm, let's face it. You know, yeah. chaos in there. Well, 65 years is a long time for any business. You know, yeah. if you think of all of the big businesses in the world today, I don't know, Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, mm. I mean, you know, they're all, what, 10, 20 years old. I mean, yeah. 65 years and continuing to evolve it's crazy. Is, is a big deal. You know, there are very few salons that reach 65 years of age. Well, so, especially when you think about the, in, you know, the industry, the beauty industry, which obviously hair is part of, is a, quite a fickle kind of thing. You know, mm. things change and things move quite quickly and, and fads and trends and gimmicks and whatever, whatever you want kind of come and go. And I think that's true. I think that's what happens. I always think that Sassoon, you know, it's kind of, it's a double-edged sword, isn't it, being around for that long? You know, it's kind of, on the one side of the, on the one side of the blade, it speaks of consistency, of quality, of something, you know, that, that side of stuff. On the other side of the blade, it could say, oh, you know, old fashions that stayed, stayed kind of, you know. So I think you have to be mindful of that. The, the brilliant thing is, is that the team, the t really Sassoon is and always has been about the team. The, in fact, the last conversation I ever had with Vidal, which was kind of quite emotional, he said to me, um, who are you? No, he didn't say it. <laughs> 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 he, he said to me, uh, he said, don't think I ever underestimate why my name is still in the public consciousness. You know, the, and it, that, 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 that was like one of the last conversations we had. Don't think, don't, think I ever under, don't think I ever underestimate why my name is still in the public consciousness. Because he knew that the reason people are still into Sassoon, what, what they do, is, yes, of course, Vidal back in the day, but it's more about the team now. You know, and I'm lucky enough to have spent every single day of my working life at Sassoon. And I've seen all these incredible people 
um, and still incredible people now. You know, when I look at um, what the team do now with hair, I still kind of think, wow, you know, I'd never thought of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish I had, <laughs> but yeah, I never yeah. thought of doing that. Yeah, or yeah. how, you know, so, it, so it's still innovating all the time. And I think that's the key to it. I think yeah. more than anything else, the, the and I'm, when I say about creativity, I don't just mean creativity with, with your hands. I mean, creativity with your mind, with your heart, with everything. People who stay at Sassoon for any, any length of time have it in their blood, in their DNA, in their, in, you know, their, their passion for it in a total sense. You know, you care about it deeply. You, um, you can't help but, yeah, just feel totally and utterly responsible for it. Mm. the brand you know and cherishing it and nurturing it and making sure that's the ultimate kind of thing that, that the brand is held as sacrosanct you know that's the kind of thing and every everything we do is geared towards that and and sometimes it's kind of almost subconscious you know it's it's a subconscious thing you don't think about it you just do it and you you at the expense of everything else the brand has to be represented in the right way you know, and yeah, I know I believe yeah. I believe that, and I'm, and I know everyone that works at Sassoon believes that. Okay, so many good points that I wanted to touch on. G- going right back to House of Sassoon, um, it's obvious, but it's not obvious. It's like, well, I don't know think of that. You know, it, it's like when you talk about the House of, it's usually the House of Gucci, the House of Chanel. The, you know, it's those mm. big uh, fashion brands. The House of Fun. The House of Fun, which. <laughs> Which, which, Welcome to <laughs> Sorry, just came into my head. Yeah, exactly, which have reinvented themselves. It's like I've, mm. I watched the Gucci movie again. You seen the Gucci movie? I'm sure you have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I watched that again over Christmas. A great, great movie. I loved it. And often you see these uh, fashion brands that have completely reinvented. And so I'm sure I'm not the only one that has sort of sat there and looked at hairdressing brand i.e Sassoon and gone mm. well I wonder if that's possible with a hairdressing brand as well and, <laughs> let's see <laughs> yeah well, let, well let's see because there, there is no real forerunner that you can say well yeah look at this and look at that I mean most hairdressing brands have their day in the sun and most of them do not get anywhere near 65 years so uh, mm. let's see will be really interesting I'm, I'm sure it could but the, the word that sort of springs to mind is when you talk about the house of and you talk about this reinvention is heritage. There, mm. There's a wonderful heritage in the brand, Sassoon, and yeah. that's something that needs to be played on. And then the other thing I scribbled down was um, that I don't know who said it, but someone once said, uh, the thing about business, if you want it to change and evolve and grow, is it's not just about getting new ideas in, it's about getting old ideas out. And yeah. the more you think about that, the truer it is. And I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of businesses don't survive and reinvent is because they're, you know, the person at the top of the pile is hanging on too much to the way things yeah. were done when they were a boy. And in my opening thing where I said about Vidal, I've always thought that about him, that it wasn't just about, oh, you know, I'm going to change the way people look and think about hair. It was the whole thing about change. Like, okay, yeah. so the whole world's I going don't... in that direction. I'm going to go in this direction and let's see what happens. And I, yeah. I, I think I think, right. I, I think you're right. I, I think, Vidal, I always think, you know, obviously when you look back over 65 years or whatever, you can kind of see something of a path, of a direction. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But when you're in it, when you're doing it, 
you're just doing what you're into, I think. And I think that's what, to be honest, when I really think about Vidal and Roger and Christopher and all those, all those guys back in the day, you know, at the very beginning, I don't think any of them thought, oh, in 65 years' time, me and you are going to be sat here talking about Reem. They were just doing what they were into. Yeah. They were doing what excited them. They were doing what, you know, they would, you know, like, like we all do at the time. When you're in it at the time, you're just thinking, I'm into this. I want to do this. You might have some kind of vague notion that it will lead somewhere or be successful or whatever, or be popular or yeah. whatever. But I think at the time, you can only do what you're into, you know, really. And yeah. I think with the House of Sassoon, you know, really it was about Debbie, our CEO, Diane, myself, and a, a few other people sit, sitting around and saying, right, okay, well, look, if we're going to move forward, you know, with the brand and coming out of COVID and all the stuff that's happened to us, what do we want the brand to look like? We Obviously, education is a massive part of the DNA of Sassoon. Um, so education, obviously the salon, part of that, getting all the team together was a big thing, getting all the team in, in one place. But then also, you know, one of the other things we wanted to do, so we've got the education, we've got the client, you know, the salon base, we're bringing the team together. But then also looking at the industry, we were thinking, well, you know, there's probably lots of people out there that have either worked at Sassoon or studied with Sassoon that would like to be part of the family. Mm -hmm. We know we've got students coming from all over the world, you know, and have done for the last 50, 60 years to, to educate with us. But why don't we grow that a bit bigger? So in a sense, it's like, it's like in the Blues Brothers, getting the band back together. Yeah, yeah. With, you know, if you've, if you've studied at Sassoon or you've, or you've worked at Sassoon and you want to be part of that family again, mm. we're, we're setting up a thing, we're calling it ambassadors, a, a, like a private membership thing, mm. where you can hire a space in the, in the house of Sassoon and work out of there on a freelance basis, that sort of thing. So China, so in a sense, it's um, a flexible, it's not only the house of Sassoon, the team, mm. it's also the house of Sassoon for the extended family, because that's kind of what Vidal always used to refer to with students, you know, once you've, and you said it in your intro, once you've studied at Sassoon or once you've been part of Sassoon, mm. it's always in there, you know, you kind of feel part of it which you, which obviously everyone is mm. so we're opening that up as well so we're gonna so it's a it's not just the, the the brand itself it's extending the reach of the brand so that you can come and be part of it however you wish to be great okay uh, who came up with the name how it's sort of um house of sassoon i think michael reinstein might have done actually i'm not okay. sure good okay but al sassoon's the bloke's name yeah, i don't yeah. know if you know that yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's the geezer's name above the door um that that's a but uh, yeah house house of Sassoon just seemed to you know as you said earlier yeah. house of gucci house of chanel mm. it just seemed to embody the whole thing and above the door is, is going to be vidal Sassoon. so it's kind of oh really you know, okay oh vidal that's interesting yeah. good good yeah. okay yeah. so you've talked a couple of times about getting everyone under one roof so does that yeah. mean there's a consolidation happening are, they, uh, are some of the salons that currently exist yeah. all coming in under one roof, are they? Exactly, yeah. Okay. Exactly. So, so, you know, I think one of the first times we experienced this, it was in when we had Buckingham Gate and we had all of the academy, because before that we had three or four academies in London, mm. which you'll remember. Um, and we decided to bring everyone together. And the, and the kind of energy that that created was so palpable you know you walked in the you walked in the space every morning and you've got every you know you've got 20 25 teachers there with all the students you know for two 200 students or what have you mm. um 
you know, the reception team, the leadership team, the offices at the back. It was it was a bit like, Bond, you know, Bond Street used to be mm. you know, back in the day. Mm. Um, it was a bit like that walking in. You're like, wow, this is amazing. You know, this I remember when I first went into Bond Street, you know, back in the day as an assistant. And you were just like, geez, you know, this is it was packed with people and things and music and phones. And the energy of it was kind of it was like the first time you kind of felt that kind of that pace of Sassoon. You know, the pace of things that happen and you've got you have to get on that train, <laughs> otherwise you get left, left behind, you know. So I think Buckingham Gate had that energy about it. Um, and in a sense, Greek Street will and, you know, and our location in Wilshire Boulevard in, in L.A. will have that energy because everyone will be in one location. So yeah. I think I'm, I'm imagining it's just going to be every day you go in there, there's going to be so much stuff happening. Mm, okay, you know, so but, but, you, but, you just mentioned uh, Wilshire Boulevard. Uh, they, yeah. They, these two things, London and Wilshire Boulevard and in uh, Los yeah. Angeles, they're, they're happening simultaneously. Um, yeah, basically. Well, eight uh, hours apart. But yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so what was the thinking behind that? Was, was there some great well, rationale just... behind doing them both at the same time, the sort of relaunch of the brand on a sort of global you know, well, I think, yeah, yeah I mean, ob obviously, you know, we needed a, a, a location in London. And um, and so so that was the first thing. So we had to find a location for London, obviously, since COVID and Buckingham Gate kind of went away. So we were looking at that. And then really, when we when we started to look at the that part of the project, we sort of thought, well, actually, if we're going to do that in London, you know, if we're going to consolidate and bring the team together and have this House of Sassoon concept why not replicate that in in Los Angeles as well? Because obviously, you know, Debbie's based in LA, Michael's based in, in LA. So there is a certain, even though the, I suppose in a sense, the heritage of Sassoon is London, you know, mm. right when you go right back to Bond Street, there is a certain amount of balance now between London and, and Los Angeles, the character of the brand. So I think it kind of, made sense we've just moved into Wilshire Boulevard well recently anyway into Wilshire Boulevard so it's just introducing the concept into that as well and and the concept we have is a very simple one you know consolidate the team bring them all into one building generate all the excitement and the energy and invite alumni if you like of Sassoon to come and be part of it so that okay. it works anywhere but it, yeah. you know, these are the first two so so it's not the I mean there may be more yeah, so it's not the old location in Wilshire Boulevard. There's a new location, is it? It's the it's the location we moved to from Santa Monica. Right. Okay. When we left Santa Monica, so so, so it's that it's that same building. It is that same. Right. Got of, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. But the education, which is component. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. The education, education was in Santa Monica, yeah. and that's all now under one roof there. Okay, exactly. that's exciting. So, exactly. um, uh, ten million quid. Uh, 10 million pounds uh, was was, yeah. was the number that was floating around the media that had been invested in this big that's investment. The investment that that's exactly. of the same ownership you mentioned michael before yep. michael reinstein so same ownership yep. just a a massive big investment into reinvention yeah, of the brand. fantastic i mean the thing is with michael he um you know he's absolutely he he grew up with Sassoon. You know, I don't know. Many people don't really know Michael, but he grew up in Los Angeles and he was a, a contemporary of Vidal's children, you know, right. Eden and Elan. He yeah. was friends with them. So he's always been around 
you know, he always says, I've always been around the Sassoon brand. And he used to mm. talk about when Vidal and Beverly used to walk into a restaurant in LA, mm. they were like celebrities or they were celebrities. Mm. So he said he always used to see that. And he said when, when, it, you know, when the opportunity arose for him to acquire the, the Sassoon Academy and Salon brand, he leapt at the opportunity because mm. he's he feels like a lot of other people. He feels like part of it, part of you know, part of that family. So yeah, so he's made a massive commitment to the future of the brand, and um, super excited, yeah. super excited to realise it. You know, good. And and what about other salons in the US? Are they still like you know happening? Like New York? Is yeah, that yeah, still yeah. a happening thing? And, and Toronto, York, and Canada, is that still happening? New York, Boston, Washington, Toronto, Scottsdale in Arizona. Right. Those are the those are the, the salons that, that we uh, that we have, and obviously Beverly Hills mm. that we have. Um, and yeah, and th- this concept is starting in London, Los Angeles, and who knows? You know, maybe New York would be next. You know, something like that would be super exciting as well. Yeah. So it's really a relaunch of the brand. It's a relaunch of the, you know, I, I really believe that. I think it's a, a not just a new location or a new concept. It's a relaunch of the entire brand. Mm, mm. And I think that's the way the team are looking at it as well. You know, the team are super excited about this, this concept of working together. And, you know, I always loved that Andy Warhol factory yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Minus minus the drugs, mm, yeah. um, you know. But I uh, love the idea of artists and photographers and you know musicians and all those kind of cool people hanging out. You know, I've always had in my mind. I've always seen Sassoon like that. You know, I think you know when you and I were in the academy together. You know, we had that kind of it was that energy. You know, you you finish work, you finish the teaching during the day, mm-hmm. and you might have like models coming in in the evening, or you you know you all go to the pub after work and mm-hmm. you sit there and you come up with more ideas, more stuff. In fact, some of the best ideas <laughs> were created over a pint. Yeah, you know, mo- yeah. most of them, to be honest. Um, so you kind of lived, eat, and breathe it. You know, and I think um, I think that's. That's still happening now. Right. You know, okay. That, Good. That's still the energy of the brand now. Good. So, so when does uh, when does it open? Is there a fixed date in the in the sand here for this to happen? Well, the big opening will be Salon International. Mm-hmm. The, that's what, what we're, we're planning an event on Saturday evening at Salon International, mm-hmm. um, where everything hopefully the paint will have dried. So, um, so Salon International is the big launch. But we're we're kind of do, it's in phases. Yeah. So June the June the first is the first phase where the salon will will locate mm-hmm. then we're going to bring in the um, diploma students and long-term students then weekly students and then over, over so it's like a three or four month period of, of, of moving into the space yeah um and then october will be fully fully operational mm. you know okay um you you mentioned i'll just this will just come back into my head you you mentioned that uh, the salon in Greek Street, the new mm. salon, the House of Sassoon, mm. is going to be called Vidal Sassoon. And I can't yeah. remember how long ago it was, 10 years ago or something. It was sort of like the name Probably Vidal more. disappeared off everything and it was just to be called Sassoon. Uh, and yeah. now it's being called House of Sassoon, which I love. I think it, it really sort of says this is heritage, this is solid, this has been here forever, this is a, a, a yeah. hub or whatever the word is. Uh, what was the thinking behind going back to calling the salon Vidal Sassoon? Again, I think, you know, certain things, it just felt right. Mm. You know, the name, you know, Vidal Sassoon, I mean, when, when I, as I say, when I first turned up at Sassoon's door back in the day, and you got that, ne- that Vidal Sassoon, the name above the door, 
kind of stood for stood for something you know mm. and yes we we made a decision probably yeah probably about 10 10 15 years ago now if not more yeah. um to change to Sassoon. And the reason for that is we had Sassoon Academy, Sassoon Salon, Sassoon Professional, the product line. Yeah. So it's kind of Sassoon, you know, and I and I think, you know, what whatever you want to think about that, it was it was, you know, it's a bit like Chanel. You know, Chanel is just Chanel. It's not Coco Chanel, it's Chanel. Mm. And Saint Laurent the same and, and what have you. Um Balenciaga. So there is something to be said for just one name. Mm. But then when we were doing this, I thought, you know what, it would be super cool just to to re, you know, Vidal Sassoon, just to rebrand it as Vidal, this is Vidal Sassoon. Because mm. there is something, you know, there's just something about that name. Yeah, yeah. That everyone, yeah. you know, and, and Sassoon kind of works with something after it, like Sassoon Academy, Sassoon, but Sassoon just on its own, I don't know, it's just not quite as compelling as Vidal Sassoon. Mm. Yeah, you know? okay, good good point. So that's, so there was no other reason that, than, it's just, you yeah. know, it's the original thing. So you see, you see, I think, you know, what, when you were saying earlier about, you know, the, the brand change, you know, the change, the difference between change and remaining the same. Mm. I think there's there's room for, I, was, I thought you were going to say something else, actually, because I think it's it's great coming up with new ideas, you know, and the, the launch of House of Sassoon is a new idea. It's a new thing for the brand. But I also think there's, merit in using not necessarily staying the same but using stuff you've done before yeah that you might have forgotten about or yeah. you know stuff that you'd have done you know and I always say to people that coming up with ideas is not the difficult thing mm. anyone can come up with ideas it's executing the ideas mm. that's mm. that's the thing and Vidal you know one of the things that he always used to say was you know if you come up with something good do it and move on yeah, that was it. That was that was his thing. Do it and move on. You know, get if you've got a good idea, execute it and move on to the next thing, move on to the next thing. And I think that's what I try and work on the team with. You know, they come up with a cool idea, whether it's hair or anything else. Mm. Come up with a cool idea. OK, great. Now let's execute it and then move on to the next thing. You know, make sure that's done properly, obviously. Yeah. That, and then move on yeah. to the next thing. That, that's where you, you know, you earn the right. It's like, coming back to that word heritage again. You don't have heritage when you've been open five years or 10 years or 20, you know, it just isn't a thing like yeah. until you have really earned your stripes. And heritage doesn't mean old. It, it means, you know, like we have heritage behind this brand. We have done an we have a back catalogue of stuff, yeah. uh, which yeah. which you only can do in time to, to reinforce a degree of credibility and history and place in the market that isn't for sale. So, um, yeah. yeah, look, I, I, I think, it's oh, I think it's super, I mean, I think Eric, you know, when you look what, you know, we were saying about, you know, other, other brands earlier on, you know, Chanel and what have you, they all use their heritage. Yes. You know, they, you know, yeah. every, every single Chanel show yeah. opens with that little wool boucle yeah. suit thing, yeah. however it, you know, however mm. it's designed or, mm. and whoever's designed it. You know, for sure, yeah. for that for that brand, they always open with that look. Yeah. So they're so you know Balenciaga is is probably the most recent huge brand to reinvent themselves. Yeah. And you know, so I think Sassoon is in that league yeah. certainly in terms of the you know the years it's been around. Yeah. And I, you know, and in a way, it's it's using the heritage, in to inf it's using the heritage to inform what you do now with hair. Because I think, to be honest, I, I always say that in some ways, the way Vidal 
envisaged hair being done. You know, in, in the first instance, Vidal wanted hair to move and be free and, and reflect the, the socioeconomic trends at the time. That mm. was his whole thing. You know, people were, you know, there was sexual liberation. There was all this kind of liberation going on. He wanted to cut hair, work with hair in a way that made the hair move in a cool way and fall back into place. That was his idea. Mm. And then later on in the 70s, the whole idea of wash and wear hair, you know, the, the whole idea of, you know, just letting your hair dry naturally and the texture and the movement and all that sort of stuff, you know, came in as well. And and that suited people's lifestyles because mm. they wanted to, you know, they didn't want to spend ages sat there, you know, blah, blah, blah with their hair. Yeah. And I think now when you think about it, who's got more time now now than they did five years ago, 10 years ago, 50, you know, 20, 30 years ago, forget it. You know, life now is so, so in a way, Sassoon's philosophy with hair Mm. is more relevant now than it was back in the day. Yeah. So I think, you know. Yeah. Let me um, jump in with this. It's quite a momentous week in that, you know, we're talking about Vidal, we're talking about where it all began, the 60s, Mm. and this is the week Mary Quant passed away. Uh, yes. So, yes. so super sad. Yeah, and you talk about the heritage of all that. I mean, there's an obvious, you know, um, what's the word? There's an obvious connection there. There's an obvious thing yeah. to celebrate because it was a, a very tight sort of um, collaboration where at, at the beginning they were both sort of exploding onto the scene in the same way. Yeah. Um, anything you want to, any any tribute you want to pay to Mary Quant at this point? Uh, Mary Quant. It seems it seems relevant <laughs> to say something. She was, yeah, she was, she was quite an amazing, amazing woman. I, I met her a few times. And uh, the first time I met her, I was an assistant in, in and I'd gone down to Bond Street. I, I was based in South Bond Street, but I went down to Bond Street to work for the day. And, um, and Mary Quant came in, you know, she came in pretty regularly to have her hair done. And, uh, and I remember it was, we'd, we'd launched the products by then. You know, we'd we'd launched the brown line, so everything smelled of cherry almonds. The whole sounds smelled, and uh, but Mary used to have um, a particular treatment on her hair. So anyway, Mary comes in, and I think it was a guy called Raphael that was doing her hair at the, at the time. And someone said, "Oh, can someone go and get a beer for Mary? Because she used to have like a beer on, on her hair." Right? Oh, on her hair. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So yeah. not to drink. Like, no, no, no. So, like, this is, so this is this is the thing. thing. So yeah. the so this assistant gets sent off. To get get a beer for Mary, yeah, yeah. Off off they go. So we're all kind of there, you know, watching what was going on and what have you, you know, running around working and what have you. And this guy comes back after being gone for about 15, 20 minutes. Mary Quant sat in the sat in the basin with her with her hair soaking wet. Comes up with a, a beer, glass, napkin, tray, and hands it to her. And I swear to you, she just sat there. She looked at him. She went, "This is my hair, you idiot." <laughs> <laughs> he thinks she will, you know, there you go, Mary, have a beer, lunchtime, <laughs> Mackerson or something. So, and then, and then, so, so, I mean, she, and she was, t- the thing about Mary Quant was she was tiny. Mm. She was a tiny little thing. You know, you must have met her when, you know, in, in Slope, when you were in. No, you know, I, I, in, I, I didn't meet her. I saw her at events, at, you know, uh, okay. once, but yeah, I didn't so, meet her. So we, so we were doing this event for the fellowship and, um, it was their 60th anniversary, I think, or something. And they wanted each hairdressing company. Have we got time for this story, by the way? Just. We, yeah. <laughs> all right. We, we were doing all the... We, they wanted us to do the decades of, of the fellowship. So obviously, yeah. so soon, you know, we, were give, we were given the 60s. And they wanted a celebrity to open each decade. Yeah. So obviously, me and um, our press officer at the time, Susie, phoned up at Mary Quant's um, PA 
And would she come and open the show? Oh, yeah, she'd be delighted, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, so the the big night comes. Mary Quant turns up. Me and Sue's go out and meet her in the in the foyer of this hotel we were doing the event at. And we've got five models that we're going to present on stage and all the rest of it. So Mary turns up. Hi, Mary. And she, as I say, she's tight. She turns up in this massive big limo or whatever it was. Mm. <clears throat> and um, tiny, she comes in and we're having dinner for this event, right? So in she comes and we sit down and um, she we're talking and it's kind of noisy in the place. So actually, she's talking. She's talking like that. And I'm like going... You know, when you, you can't quite hear. And I'm like, right, okay, you know, trying to help this guy. And she sat in between me and Sue's. Anyway, the waiter comes over, would you like a glass of wine? And she's, oh, oh yeah, yes, yes. Gets a glass, pulls the, the old white wine, goes in for the first, the soup course or whatever. So she has a glass of white wine. I'm thinking, all right, nice. She has another one. I'm thinking, <laughs> I kind of clock it. <laughs> and then the main course, and we're on straight after dinner. So sooner, straight after dinner, with our thing. So anyway, so then the main calls comes around, and Mary, you know, would you like a glass of red wine? Oh, yeah, lovely. <laughs> and I'm thinking, Jesus, she's going to be pissed by the time. She's only a tiny little thing. She's going to be pissed when she goes on. So I'm looking at Susie. Susie's looking at me, and I'm thinking, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Um, you know, and we and I'm super excited that Mary's going to open the show. Mm. You know? I'm mm. thinking it's going to be amazing. Yeah. And then as I'm watching her knocking this wine back, I'm thinking. <laughs> Maybe this is going to be a disaster. You know, I didn't realise, you know. Anyway, off she, so they, they come over. With, so, we've, so Mary's had half a bottle of wine in both courses. They come over and they say, oh, you know, uh, Mark, we're ready for you now. So me and Mary and Susie go backstage with the models and everything where they're being prepped. And um, we walk back and she's going, so, so what, what, in this tiny little voice, what, so what do I do then? I'm like, well, you're introducing the show. What do I do? I'm thinking, oh my god! And then they hand her this microphone that's about as big as her. This huge, great big microphone. And I'm just stood there thinking, oh my god, this is going to be a disaster. It's going to be a disaster. I know it is. It's going to be a nightmare. And I was thinking, this is going to be so cool. It's one of the first things I did as in, as creative director as well. Um. Anyway. On goes Mary, so that so anyway, the MC is like, you know, now, ladies and gentlemen, blah blah blah, we're going to have this this uh, you know show from from Sassoon. Please welcome on stage, living legend, you know, British designer Mary Kwan. The whole place erupts, right? The whole mm. place, everyone stands up, everyone's applauding, cheering. It, it, it just goes on and on. This it's about two or three minutes of like Fabulous. applause and cheering, amazing. And she's just stood there with this microphone, and. Um, and then the then the, the applause sort of stops, and I'm thinking, right, come on, Mary, come on, Mary, come on, stood backstage thinking, go on, go on. And she just, and I swear to you, she just launched into this story about Sassoon. And she said, you know, about about meeting Vidal for the first time, about going into the salon in Bond Street and having her hair cut and the sense of liberation and blah, blah, blah. And she told the story about him cutting her ear as well, bless her. And, uh, and she said, and, uh, really, you know, really, Vidal Sassoon and the pill changed everything in the 60s. Yeah. So anyway, the next day, Vidal hears about this event that we, that we because he was always interested in what we were doing. He is about this event, and he called me up and he said, "Oh, hi, Mark. How was the event at the village?" I said, "Yeah." I said, "Actually, Vidal, <laughs> Mary just said you and the pill <laughs> were the best things in the 60s. <laughs> so, and he's like, "Well, that's good company to be in, isn't it?" Exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. Oh, great story. So, you know, great story. So, so she was, um, she was a little powerhouse, and and Vidal, you know, Vidal used to talk about her so fondly about mm. that whole 
and as much as anything else, she was a disruptor the same as Vidal. You know, she yeah, wasn't. Exactly. She yeah. was. She was kind of into doing her own thing, and and from from literally nothing, she created this brand that's still huge now. You know, mm-hmm. in Japan, you see that little Mary Quant Daisy symbol. Yeah. You know, everywhere. Yeah, so it, it's it evolved a lot from the miniskirt into Absolutely. the whole cosmetic. Absolutely, you know. Uh, yeah, and it was and it was the first time that fashion moved from Paris to London. Yeah, you know, Paris obviously being the the home of fa- of fashion. Yeah, it was the first time in in that period that London became the centre of everything. Yeah, you know, not just not just hair with Vidal, but you know, fashion, Mary Quant, you know that that you know. So it, it was literally a sea change moment. Everything changed from mm. that. From that moment on, yeah, um, end of an era, yeah, without a doubt. Well, that was yeah. the beginning of one era, and now it's the end of that era with her passing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, let's let's get back to talking about the House of Sassoon. Um, yes, uh, there's an obvious connection with, you know, like this was happening pre-COVID. I'm thinking of Soho House. That that this whole idea of members clubs and mm. um, that were a working space, a restaurant, a bar, a club, a, you know, whatever you want it to be. It would mean different things to different people. And I, I may yeah. be wrong, but I'm, I'm sort of anchoring that on the original Soho House model. And now Soho House has expanded. It's, it's, it's many countries around the world, huge business. Yeah. And, and it is a great model. And it is something of this generation, without a doubt, you know. Um, and so you've, you've already seen certain salon groups in London and in other countries that have already sort of gone down this road a little bit because it fits in with those things you were talking about, you know, the freelancer, um, you know, the the photo studios. Before we were recording, we were talking about WeWork. And uh, again, the whole WeWork model of a place where people come together and do something and then go their own way. Very exciting. So I'm not even sure what I'm asking you about here. I'm just sort of trying to get you to talk to us about that because if i just go back to to what you were saying before when i I, when i said about vidal and change and you went yeah but you know at the time no one was thinking that change was such a big deal and that's right when you know Mm. vidal was in his late 20s early 30s whatever it was there was an irreverence about change you didn't think about it it was just like full speed ahead you had nothing to lose. You had no history. You had no heritage. It was just like, I'm going to change the world and get on with it. Whereas once you've got that heritage and once you've got that history, you have to think very carefully about change or you can stuff Mm. things up completely. And so to change requires a lot of courage uh, as as well as a lot of money. Uh, It requires (laughs) a lot of courage. It requires being brave to change. And, And that's what I love about what you're doing. So, Talk to us about how things like Soho House, things like other salon groups that might have done this or, or done things mm. like this, um, and and just general sort of millennials, Gen Z, how the way the world is moving and why that's influenced you to do yeah. this. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I think, you know, you think back on it, right? When we, we touched on it just now. You go to work. You, you work in your workspace, mm. but then if you want to socialize, you leave your workspace and you go to a social space mm. and you, you know, you have a you drinks or dinner or whatever. Yeah. So they were very separate entities almost, you know, I think back in, even back in, you know, when, when we were both at Sassoon, you know, you kind of, even though you hung out at Sassoon a little bit, 
eventually he gravitated to a different space. Yeah. I think now, I think now the lines, and I hate all this, the lines between work and play are blurring. <laughs> you know, I hate all that sort of speak. Yeah, yeah. But it kind of, it's, it's kind of true. Yeah, exactly, it is true. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of true. You kind of, you can go into a space now where yes, work is conducted and, and but play is happening there as well. Collaborations are happening. And it just become it, it again, it goes back to that, you know, the idea of the factory where people just kind of turn up mm. and they just kind of hang out and they're, you know, they're that's the environment that's the the energy that I love because all of the coolest things that have happened at Sassoon, certainly in, in my in my um lifetime with the brand, all of the coolest things that happen with the brand happen with that kind of that kind of vibe about it. It's not, you don't sort of set a time for these things to happen. Mm. They just kind of, you know, you know what I'm saying. They just kind of happen. You know, you you might have the, just, it, just the right people at the right time and the right conversation and the right kind of energy. And then you start a conversation and all of a sudden you're thinking, actually, yeah, that's really cool. And then you take it somewhere. Yeah. And I think the workspace now is much more about that, type of energy than it is about coming in doing your job finishing your job and leaving and going somewhere else to have a cool time mm. you know and i and i think the the house of sassoon will be will naturally be that kind of environment because you'll have all the people there you'll have you'll have all the team there then you'll have you know the the friends of sassoon let's call them that the ambassadors mm. and the members will be there the clients obviously the models from the shoots who are all cool people as well you'll just have this kind of melting pot of stuff going on you're in the middle of soho you know mm. which is arguably one of the most exciting traditionally one of the most exciting parts of london with all mm. all the stuff that goes on there yeah, yeah yeah um and and i think you know it it made sense for the brand to evolve in that way because it's always kind of been that sort of brand anyway. For anyone that's worked at Sassoon or studied with Sassoon, they'll know that the energy about Sassoon is just the fact of cool people hanging out together, eating, breathing, sleeping hair mm. in a very particular way. You know, the yeah, way yeah. we work with hair is very, is very specific. Mm. Um, and all of the ideas that relate around that, you know, whether it's how to deliver the hair or how to manage or lead the, the you know, all the ideas that come up yeah. so, are born out of a, a cool collaboration. Yeah. And that's the environment that the House of Sassoon will be. So so on the ground yeah. floor, there will be a Vidal Sassoon salon with employees in it. Yeah, exactly. And then, employees, but also the concept is, is that with our diploma course, yeah. which is obviously our long-term beginners course, mm. they will... Um, Gravity through their course, it's split up into different stages. Mm. On the last stage of their course, they'll actually be housed in the salon itself. Okay. So that so that so they'll be still with the teacher and everything, mm. but they'll be working in a salon environment. So yeah. the whole thing is, from a beginner's perspective, it's geared towards kind of being in the classroom and then at the end of your course coming out of the classroom and being in the salon. So you mm. get that experience if you like yeah you it's know, almost like a graduate in. like a graduate exactly salon. yeah exactly yeah. Like, it's, it's staff yeah. training basically cool. yeah, yeah. yeah. Star, <laughs> that you and i knew staff training yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, which was always which yeah. was like the sassoon for those people who don't know that's the sassoon finishing school yeah which was 
you know, I was lucky enough. To, you taught it, didn't you? Teach it as well at one at one stage. I I, I didn't. I covered people once or twice. I felt didn't like teach it felt training. like you did. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. But you know, teaching style training was always perceived as the the ultimate mm. accolade of Sassoon. If you mm. taught style training, that was you must you know, know. I was, what you're I was lucky. Enough. Yeah. Uh huh. You must know what well, yeah. you're talking about. If you, if you oh, well, also you're. Yeah. You have to be able to communicate with with young people who, mm. you know, they're they're the next generation, if you like, of Sassoon. So you have to kind of harness them, in, harness and direct and push them forwards. Yeah. But still, hopefully, trying to give them a, a little bit of um, commercial awareness and what mm. have you, you know. Yeah. At their stage. So I think you know that's going to be staff training, and that will be housed in the uh the sal- the salon space which is the ground floor yeah. and then on that floor as well there's the photographic studio which is housed at the back of the building which is a big white space natural daylight um which will be super cool mm. and then the rest of the floors four more it's five floors in total the rest of the floors are dedicated towards classrooms there's this amazing decking space mm. that's um opens out what will be used outdoor yeah right, so it'll okay. be it'll be fabulous for at least yeah Two, two weekends of the year. When <laughs> yeah, <it's, great>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so that would be amazing. Yeah, you can use it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Without an umbrella. Yeah. Um, so that's that's there as well. And then as you go up, there's there's different classrooms, different locations. Each each floor will have like a sort of student lounge area mm. where people can just hang out, and, you know, kind of outside of the classroom, so to speak. Mm. And then on the top floor, there's the admin department you know where mm. everyone looks after the, the students and everything else and then also the team room the team lounge right what we used to call the staff room right okay <laughs> the staff room okay but there'd be a bar would there be a, would there be a bar in there anywhere there's enough bars in Soho to, right, okay. to describe. You, you step out. I'll tell you what. You step outside the building. There's a bar on the left. There's a bar opposite. There's Lescargo is opposite as well. Do you remember Lescargo right, yeah, yeah, the I restaurant? Do, yeah. yeah okay. So yeah. So there's about four bars within staggering distance yeah. of the place. But it's it's that thing you said before. It, it made me think of Starbucks, where Starbucks had this, you know, uh, motto, whatever the thing was that they called it. They, they talked about Starbucks originally as being the third place. Because before that... You, the you, third place. The third place. You had work, you had home, ah. and then you had the third place. You know, that wasn't home okay. and it wasn't work. And all of a sudden, and it wasn't the pub, but you'd go there at 10 o'clock in the morning, you'd get your laptop out, you'd have a coffee, and you'd work for a couple of yeah, hours, sure. you'd have meetings sure. and all that sort of stuff. So I, I think that, that that was, in some ways, a sort of the forerunner of merging, as you said, this blurred yeah, line yeah. of where's work, yeah. where's home, whatever. And and I know now a lot of big corporate spaces do have like concessions in them that are mm. only for the staff, you know, whether it's a gym or whether it's a restaurant or a bar uh, or coffee shop or whatever. So that it all goes on within that building. Um, yeah. And there's a lot to yeah. be said for that. Um, yeah. One thing I, I just want to ask about, I, I know we have to wrap up in a few minutes, but the membership thing, you know, the freelance sort of working space. How will, yeah. how will that work or hasn't that been nutted through yet? Like, who, you know, who can do it? You know, what will it alumni. cost? When alumni. Alumni of Sassoon. Okay. Yeah. Essentially, it's it's anyone that's studied or been employed by Sassoon. Right. That's the, that's the way we're... I mean, to be honest, Anthony, some of this is kind of work in progress. Sure, This yeah. is how we're yeah. thinking right now. Is that anyone that's studied or, or, um, or, or as I said, worked at Sassoon, if they feel as though they want to be part of the Sassoon family again, 
there'll be a, there'll be like a membership fee that they pay, you know, and it will credit them for a certain amount of hours yeah. that they can use H a chair for. Mm. Um, and you, and they'll probably I think there's going to be like membership models, like different sort of ways to, to you know monthly or annually or whatever. Mm. That all the memberships will be valid for for London and Los Angeles. So if you're if you are an in, international jet setter mm. and you want to do clients in London and LA, yeah, um, you know you can do that. So I, I think really it's kind of trying to find a way that if you want to work for Sassoon in a different way to the traditional employment model, that's an opportunity. Yeah. You know, that's an opportunity. So in a sense, that's that's kind of why we're doing it, because people, you know, talking about work life balance and mm. that sort of stuff. You know, back in the day, we worked five, six days, a week, well, seven days a week. Mm. All the hours of God said, that's just what you did. Yeah. You know, yeah. Whereas whereas younger people now, I don't think younger people want to work less hard. You mm. know, I, I hate it when people say, oh, you know, young people, they just want everything now. Mm. They just they don't want to wait. And I'm like, well, no, because they've grown up in the digital age. Mm. You know, they. You know, my children, who are now 20, Jamie's 29 and Lucy's 26, they don't they don't remember the world without the internet, yeah, exactly. without mobile. Yeah. They're, they're, that doesn't exist. It's not their fault. You know, we, <laughs> no, exactly. We kind of, you know, you and I grew up in an age before mobile phones, before, you know, so it's still, a, somehow it's still a bit of a novelty yeah. to us mm. in a way, mm. you know, that you can just connect onto a phone and just find out anything you want, mm. blah, blah. Um, so I think... Young people, they want to work differently. Mm, exactly. In fact, they don't even want to work differently. They just want to work how they want to work. Yeah. And they they kind of see the way we used to work. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Flex, you know, flexibility. And it doesn't mean they don't want to do great things and do cool things. But they they have a different perspective on the way that work plays out in their lives. Mm. And I think, you know, talk we said earlier about the blurring between work and life and uh, a, a work and play, rather. Um, I think that's just diff- it's just different now, you know. It's just different, and I and I think sometimes it's kind of tricky for us to kind of get our heads around because we're used to. What do you mean you don't want to? You know, what do you mean it's half past ten? You're going home. <laughs> what is it half day? Which think this is a which think this is a game? <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, yeah. <laughs> But, but, you know, but you, you see, you know, people say about, you know, Gen Z and, mm. you know, all, all that sort of stuff. And, oh, you know, they, they, they've got no, um, they've got no uh, commitment to things. They just want everything. And I know that's not true. You know, yeah, I, I, I know you have children, yeah, you know, they're, yeah. they're, it's not true. They, yeah. they, they want to work. They want to, you know, they want to do cool things and they want to what, what have you. Mm. Um, but their values are different exactly. and and they should be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they should be different. Yeah. Jesus. I, I mean, Imagine if everyone was like us. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> last thing I just wanted to, to acknowledge is the space that it's in has has a great history. Um, yeah. You know, Central St. Martin's, you know, college and, and Condé Nast, Nast yeah. et cetera. Um, so, so are you walking into a space that's in many ways sort of laid out and got the different things that you already need within it? To us, yeah, the structure, Absolutely. The structure, yeah. I mean, it's we're super lucky. I mean, mm. Debbie has to take a, a massive amount of credit for finding this place and um, securing it because, you know, it's no easy. You know what it's like buying properties mm. and stuff like that. You know, even just buying the personal properties, um, but commercial one is even even uh, more than that. So, so I think yes, yeah, structurally, mm. it's pretty sound. It's pretty sound. So the actual build out won't be 
quite as arduous as maybe some. Um, obviously, you need, there are certain specific things you need for a salon, you know, water, yeah. electricity, sure, yeah. light, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah, so from a structural point of view, it's absolutely beautiful. You know, it is a really beautifully... It's actually two buildings mm. that have kind of been knocked, in a sense, knocked together. So yeah. you've got the, the, the Georgian facade of the one side of the building mm. and then a modern facade next to it. Yeah. And there, and inside, you, as you go in, it's a double kind of every floor is up a double space. Right. So it's mm. yeah. It, I mean, it is. It's. I can't wait for you to see. It, I can't to wait be to go. I can't wait to. You go. know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So um, you know, it's a super exciting space, and and what we're going to do as well, and actually, this is where your your listeners can come into this. Yeah. Is that what what we're going to do is to to realize the history. You know, we talk, we've spoken about the heritage, is that as you walk in the building, <clears throat> excuse me, as you walk in the building, um, over the four, four, five floors, all the way through to the top, we're going to run like a history of Sassoon all the way through it. And what I'd love to have is, um, you know, obviously we'll have pictures of, of you know, the, all the iconic hair and, mm. and maybe some of the team and all that sort of stuff. Um we are going to try and have artifacts of Sassoon. You know, like what I'd love to do is, for example, if you've got the the image of the um, of the Nazi Quan picture, yeah. we laugh at that. We'll come back to that. We'll Hold on a minute. The Nazi the Nazi Quan picture. You would have like a little monitor next to it yeah. that would have footage of the Wild Affair, you know, the movie that the Nancy Kwan haircut was from, yeah. and then a little caption. So, so it really is like a gallery. So anyone that walking into the space can can kind of go through and the, you know the Olympics, like the video, yeah, of yeah. the, the Olympics, yeah. eighty four London Fashion Week, you know, when when we sponsored that. Um, you know, all that sort of stuff will be all the way through the building. What are you laughing at? Well, no, I was I was just thinking about the um, uh, where the prime minister lives, Ten Downing Street. Uh, oh, yeah. When they, you know, in that movie Love Actually, which I'm sure you've yes. seen, everybody's seen Love Actually, and there's all the pictures of the prime ministers on the stair on Upstairs, the stairwell yeah. as you go up. Yeah, I was just having yeah, visions well. of like, you know, like the history of Sassoon and 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 thinking of some of the things that that would and maybe wouldn't hopefully be on that display. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's yeah. a story for another day. So listen, <laughs> exactly, I, yeah. I, I know, uh, conveniently, I know that you uh, you had to go at this time. So I really wanted to thank you for the, the time you've Absolutely. given us. So thanks very much for that. Uh, Mark, where can 100%. people connect with you on Instagram or the brand on, on Instagram or, you know, website, what social media channels, etc. Can you tell us what they are? Okay, so I'm Mark H. Sassoon on, um, on Instagram. And um, Sassoon is sassoonacademy.com. Mm. Essentially, that's it's where everything happens. Sassoon Academy to go, and also we've got Sassoon Online, right? Sassoononline.com. So, so, we'll, so let me just let me just wrap things up here. I'll, I'll put those links um, on our website yeah. and in the show notes Absolutely. for today's podcast. Um, so, if you're listening to this podcast with Mark Hayes and have enjoyed it, do me a favor, take a shot, a, a screenshot, sorry, on your phone. And uh, share it to Instagram stories. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review on the Apple Podcast app. Uh, so, Marcos, to wrap up, thank you so much for giving me an hour of your time. My pleasure, um, Anthony. It, Absolutely. It's been great Always. to you know, um, be able to grill you and ask you these, these questions and get a sensible answer from you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> so, great, great talking to you, okay? You do, you do, mate. Cheers, mate.
Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, you'll find us at growmysalonbusiness.com or on Facebook and Instagram at growmysalonbusiness. And if you enjoyed tuning into our podcast, make sure that you subscribe, like, and share it with your friends. Until next time, this is Anthony Whitaker wishing you continued success.